When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you're listening right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Now, the great outdoors this week, Redmond, for anyone in uh, the northern states, particularly Queensland, holy hell, there's been some rain. There has. We uh, G'day, good morning, everyone. It's uh, been crazy. to watch some of the footage on social media of people driving jet skis around their front of their house and their main street to help and save people and, and whatnot is incredible to see. Like, not in a good way, but it's, uh yeah, I, I don't want to know the, the money, I guess, that's going to come to try and repair everything that's been destroyed, but it's sickening. It's, um, it's provided some of the most incredible images throughout the week. Lismore under metres and metres mm. of, of water. And then there's been reports, Redmond, of, of certain... Brisbane golf course is being inundated with bull sharks. Now, we've done a little bit of research because there was a tweet that went viral uh, around the Car Golf Club Brisbane that's seen six bull sharks that have been stranded in the, the lake at the 14th hole after recent flooding. Now, we did some research, Redmond, and it was actually the 96 floods where apparently these sharks were... Uh, were stranded there, and apparently there's up to twelve now. Well, but that 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 takes a you know, it gives it new meaning to to stay out of the water when you're next taking your tee shot. Well, <laughs> I don't plan to go in and get my ball. That's where it'll end up, Pat. But it's funny <laughs> enough you say that because I was uh, I'm up in uh, Burmy as we're doing the show here live in Burmy. I just want to apologise to anyone because I'm. In a house full of clowns, let's just put it that way. So if there is some racket or I'm getting destroyed at some point of this conversation, it is going to happen. And uh, the, the facts man, as we like to call it up here, Robbie Hargraves, who I'm up here with, I actually showed him that photo that you sent through of the bull sharks. And I didn't actually do the research, you did. And Robbie goes, yes. oh, they've been there for years, mate. They reckon they're going to get out now. So, you know, <laughs> golf course. so uh, if you want a bull shark, head down to the, what was it? I think the 14th hole and you'll be able to get yourself one of those. But, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take us to somewhere else quickly, Pat. And this is well, it's actually like Burmese all right around the world. Now, tell me if I'm wrong here. I put on the I put on the ration, probably the coffee discussion. Now, this is pretty intense up here. I I think oh, it's getting me angry thinking about this. Coffee, it's the biggest pain in the backside. I'm not a massive coffee drinker at all. I, you're not mm. huge. Do like a coffee, but I'm going to kill the boys up here and these coffees before we do everything. It's coffee, coffee, coffee. They're dry. They're, like I don't understand it. I like how we've gone from devastating Queensland floods. You've got the war in the Ukraine at the moment between 
Russia and Ukraine and, and your biggest concern at the moment is the fact that the boys are keen to have a coffee before going out. I, I can relate to that. I like a coffee before no, going mate, out. This is, this is serious as well. This is a serious discussion because there's going to be a war here the way it's going because it's literally – well, we get fuel up, right, oh, boys, fuel up. You go to pay for the fuel, and as you're paying for the fuel, oh, hold on, boys, we're still waiting for the coffee. Ten minutes later, they're caught. Like yeah, that, ten minutes is hurting me. That that's time on the water. <laughs> like we're waking up in the morning. We had a day off during the week, and the first thing they do is get up. Oh, let's go down the main street. Let's go grab a coffee. You're it's not, not happy. Good. It's not good. <laughs> it's, really not, it's a. It's, it's actually it's disgusting. I'm not happy with it. Uh, let's get to some uh, some. Forward <laughs> drive news before we get stuck into the fishing and the report from Birmingham because it's going to be great to talk through the, the week that's been for you around the approach to, to chasing uh, these beautiful marlin and, and, of course, the catcher. But LDV, which is a uh, manufacturer based out of uh, China, it's a Chinese brand, but they're gearing up to launch an all-electric ute at the moment in New Zealand. But if it hits New Zealand, there's no doubt it will hit Australia, or we think there's a strong possibility of it. But it would be the country's first EV ute if it does, in fact, hit Australian shores. Now, why is this important? Well, we're an outdoor show, and utes are a critical part of, uh, of enjoying the outdoors, Redmond. But we've seen over the last little while, we've seen Ford's uh, lightning their EV version of their 150s. We've seen the Tesla Cybertruck, which has been delayed after delay after delay. We still don't know when there's a legitimate landing spot for that, which will obviously be in the US market first. We've seen the launch of Rivian, which was enormous, and we've seen their stock prices fall significantly since their first launch. And they will hit Australian shores at some stage, but it is still, suffice to say, a few years away. So there's every chance that this Chinese manufacturer may be the first to land on Australian shores. And the information that uh, various sort of, whether it be Cars Guide Drive, 4x4 Australia, et cetera, uh, are releasing in terms of information is that it will be powered by a single rear axle mounted um, magnet synchronous motor now i don't know what that means aaron but paired with an 88.5 kilowatt battery it has a driving range of 325 k's Mm. now when you see that and at the moment to fill up a car i think it's about 1500 (laughs) dollars for 50 liters i learned the hard way this last week trust me does does that interest you? Do you think? Do you think Not there's a spot slightest. for that in the Australian market? A 325k range no. Ute. Not even in the slightest. I, you know, my theories on these, Patrick. You don't need to get me started. I'd, I'll be very impressed if we see a car in our lifetime, and I know you say it will happen. That can pull your 750 hardtop from my place to Burnley. You sound like Scott Morrison. Well, that's because he must be a really good bloke then. That bloke. I don't know who it is, but he, he. It's not. It's not. Oh, I don't know. It's not. It's not going well. That's three hundred twenty-five k driving. That's not towing. So what do you get? One hundred and twenty towing a seven fifty North Bank. So well, it's, what, a, it's a it's a good question. Well, they they're yet to release uh, data on on tow ranges and that sort of thing. But you don't you need I, you and I after this show we could get sacked from a coffee discussion. But the time that we've done this, the time that we've <laughs> 
Joe. It could be next week. It could be in 10 years' time. It could be in 25 years' time. We will not announce a car that can tow your 750 North Bank from Ocean Grove to Bermagui. And if it can, I'm not stopping 344 times to charge the battery. It won't happen. I feel like I'm talking to someone from, from Fox in the States. It's like it's Laura Ingram or Tucker Carlson or bloody Sean Hannity. Reality yeah, the, man. The reality man's here. It's not reality. The reality is these are the, these are the um, ute manufacturers. And the, the Lightning's a great example from Ford. They've already proved their tow rating. But this one will hit Australian shores sooner rather than later. And, yes, it may not be able to tow your 750, but – you don't need it to have a, a range of 800 Ks if you can drive it to work and back each day and then you simply plug it in. So you, Pat, just get in, you just get into the routine of plugging it in each day once you get home from work. Pat, I need to tow to work every day and it's not going to do that for me. So it's not, it's not going to happen. It, it's yeah, but not a, everything, Aaron, not everything is about you. The world doesn't revolve <laughs> just about you. This is, this is your daily driver for plenty, for plenty of tradies out there. Like you just plug it in. You can plug it in at the work site, mate. So you, you like this? Well, I like the fact that there's competition. Would I buy one? No, I would wait until there's there's a larger volume of manufacturers that have – So it gets better and better and better. Well, the technology, yeah, as the competition heats up. But the quicker this gets to, to town, then the quicker other mainstream manufacturers will start to, will start to head in this direction and really hopefully – view the Australian market as a great opportunity because we've seen the launch of uh, Ford's Everest this week releasing their their new 2023 Everest, a three-litre V6 diesel, three-and-a-half-tonne towing. Looks incredible. Mm. Um, you know, we'll be able to tow the vast majority of, of you know, sort of seven-metre and below uh, boats. Like, that's really exciting for the Australian marketplace. I think the, the more we see new technology hitting Australian shores, then the, the greater opportunity and, and choice the consumer has. You, you nailed it on the head, though, straight away with what you said before. Like, straight away, it comes into what I, what you said was the way I look at it. I just go naturally, oh, does it, is it going to be able to tow? Like, I don't know, I just as a fisher, as someone that fishes, it's just straight away into your head. Can it tow this? Can it tow this? But we, you do have your average punter. You forget about the brickies and whatnot are going out to work with their utes that actually don't have to pay for fuel, like you said. So it, it is it is important that factor too, which I never even until you said it, I didn't actually think about it because I'm naturally just going bang. Okay. Well, you add into that the the competition around um around warranty. Yeah. Like Kia offers like seven year warranties on their on their vehicles. Like it's extraordinary. So you can change over your cars every five, knowing that you're selling to someone that's still got two years of warranty. It's gonna you know the resale is going to be pretty reasonable because of that fact like the competition is great for consumers we're just at the moment the, the sheer struggle with being able to get stockings a nightmare but once that yeah. starts to the, the chip shortage globally reduces we're going to have so many wonderful options as touring vehicles as australians it's going to be terrific to see now redmond you have been gallivanting up and down bermagui all week Let's go back to the start. You towed the boat up in a, in a converted 200 series Land Cruiser. Yep. Towing four and a half ton because you've got, obviously, you've got all, all the boys in the cast. You'd be, you'd be close to probably hitting four ton um, on the way up. How did it tow? And Come on, and Robbie, us through your week. Big fella's not that big. He's, he's, he's close, but he's not that big, big fella. It's, uh, well, we're actually trying to get home, but we're all trying to wait for our pace to come in to be able to afford to get back to the fuel prices <laughs> at the moment. So <laughs> it, it, 
waiting for payday to get home. So it's uh, no, we've had a we've had a fantastic trip, and yeah, you are spot on with the with the car, the Land Cruiser. It's an absolute weapon. It's uh, Jake from Geelong Marine World was kind enough to uh, lend the big truck to us so we could tow your boat up here safe safely and have insurance cover us and whatnot. Because we, if something goes wrong, there's a lot of money, uh, a lot of money behind us and what we're sitting in. So we don't want to just destroy that as well as do the right thing for our own safety because that car there is pretty much as safe as it gets towing towing that big 750 uh, 750 north bank it, it you, you do know what's up i was going to say you don't know what's on there but you, you definitely know what's on there but uh it pulls it like no other up the hills getting through here it's there's not many cars i don't think that can pull it like that so i was very impressed with the car it's done well but once again pat the cost to come to this car to get this car to tow this boat it's not cheap and like you're looking at bermagui like we drove in the other day and we were a bit seven o'clock start and in a line there was like GMC, Silver, the Silverado, whatever it's called. Yes, yeah. You've got Land Cruisers, like in a lot, and like these cars are two hundred thousand dollars, give or take, either side. Some of these, like they're all cut, they're all done up, like massively to tow these big boats. So, along with the big boat, you've got to be able to for the big car. The cost of it too is very, very expensive. So it's uh, it, it it does add up a hell of a lot. And once you go into those bigger boats too, Pat, like yours. Uh, using a little bit more fuel, but we're going to do a review on the fuel soon, so we won't get into to that uh, on the boat side of it, Pat, because that's pretty interesting how much fuel we, I'm going to say we didn't use. It was mm. very impressed with the Mercs, which we will talk about. Uh, so we towed up, took us roughly 10 hours, give or take. I think we got the 7 o'clock ferry, trying to avoid that Melbourne traffic. We didn't want to drive through Melbourne with your big boat peak hour. Um, yeah. To avoid that, jumping on the ferry, it feels like it takes an hour off the trip by the time the boys have their coffee on the boat so we can uh get on the other side we punched down here a couple of stops food stops we got some accommodation uh, when in nothing fancy it's just a house it's i think cost us a thousand dollars for the week it's on scenic drive bermagui if you do want a fishing house it's a cracker i thought thousand dollars between the six or seven of us was quite cheap uh then fishing the fishing's a hard bit now it's it's just the weather, like we just the rain that we've had all week. It actually wasn't as bad as what they predicted, but it's just been wet. The wind has been kind to us, but not great. So we've we've worked very hard. The fishing hasn't been great. It was really good the, the week leading up, as we spoke about on the show multiple times, Pat. And I thought we were going to be in for a red hot session, like five to ten fish a day. We've just been managed to get one fish, two fish, four fish. We've seen like things like that. It's been really really fun though chasing the whole time the boys love it leading the fish up seeing them in the water seeing them tailing then all of a sudden you just be driving and you look to your left and there's just a free jumping marlin just scooting out of the water <laughs> everywhere. So it's it's a definitely a trip of a lifetime uh i've got a tip coming up a bit later on but i advise to do it with a group of friends now not just on your boat but i guess uh if you can get it say two three four five boats up here you all go down to the pub, you can have a beer. When you're on the water, you can help find fish easier. Uh, and you can sort of like make it into a bit of a competition between the little group and have a bit of fun. It's been So the marlin fishing has been not good, but good enough. The dolphin yep. fishing, though, the fishing off the fads as well as the traps, any traps out there you can find are holding so many dolphin fish. They're going really hot. And one thing I want to talk about is just the radio talk. Oh, my God, there are some absolute idiots on the radio. <laughs> Oh, like the radio is there to communicate. Like it's not there to talk about what time you go into the pub with your mates, and then 
who like it's not a place to have a full conversation with Bob and John. And some people think it's their phone and they're just talking. Like you, you're generally there to communicate to help each other. Like say for example, you're in your boat, I'm in mine. And the I, fact that anyone else can can hear this, this is not one way. And only oh yeah, two it's not, it's, yeah, this is on the repeater out of Bermagui. They've got a repeater, so it's running from the top of buddy the southeast New South Wales to the right down to the bottom of the southeast coast. Like it's the whole corner, <laughs> just getting this talk on the radio. And oh, there's some idiots on there that just say some like I just don't get what goes through. Um, I guess ten hours on the water, an adult male can really turn into a three year old child very quickly. <laughs> but it's uh yeah, the chat on the radio is crazy. But what I wanted to go back to, Pat, was radio talk. The radio's there more for have a laugh and whatnot between if you, if you have something happen, but it's more there for communication so if you hook yep. up the fish is purposeful tracking, communication yeah if you're there fish is tracking towards that boat you don't want bob trying to tell his mate to order that palmy for him at 6 p.m because he's going to be 10 minutes late like send him a text like yep. when you're trying to get a fish there's a you worked all day to catch a fish and you're trying to talk on the radio because a fish is going towards a boat hey mate guy in the uh haynes can you please move over can you push up like where fish is heading your way and everyone's great on that aspect of it yeah make it out of your way sorry apologies yep get out of there and everyone's been great like that but the rubbish talk on there is incredible. Like you'd be, I wish we recorded some of it. But yeah, all in all, it's been a great chip uh, trip. Uh, this year been a bit on the pricier side. Like I said, towing the big boat, the fuel being expensive, as well as we usually camp and we stayed in the house. So it's been it's been pricey. But when you've got six or seven people, uh, it's not. It's actually not too bad. So yeah, it's been an absolute cracker of a trip, and we'll keep doing it every year. And it's uh, one that I'm going to try and get you up here for as soon as you retire, which is in about. Hopefully five or six more years, Patrick, if I'm pushing an extra two. <laughs> We've got a huge show coming your way this morning. We're, ch- we're chatting with Lee Rayner and talking about uh, his new highly modified Stacer Crossfire 481. It's an absolute weapon. They're normally a, a side uh, console configuration. This thing's a centre console and it is it means business. It is phenomenal. Uh, after the break, Aaron's going to whip around the country and we'll find out what's biting in your part of the world. You're listening to Real Adventures. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. Redman, take us around the country. Batesman's Bay to Eden, Pat, that marlin fishing has been good. Not great, but good. Good enough to get down there and chase them because they could turn on any day where you're going to have big, big sessions. Bait ball, we're coming to bait balls time of the year where going in March, April, where it can seriously be some of the best marlin fishing in the world on the southeast coast of New South Wales. You've got some snapper dolphin fishing. The sharks, Pat, the sharks right along the southeast coast. Are, we're, we're literally marking that many sharks down deep, like 80, 100 metres. You drop a bait down on a sinker to them, bang, you're on. Mako, <laughs> like it's, it's bloody sensational. I posted up some stuff during the week and Mako literally hooked it in 80, 100 metres. We might drop the sinker down and back up to it. You can see the sinker going down on the Garmin, down, 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 down. Mako, I say to the boys, right, he's all over it. You can see the Mako come up to the bait, come up to it. Then all of a sudden he starts jumping to the back of the boat 0.3 of a second later. He's climbed 80 metres. <laughs> Incredible. Anyway, land base brim in the port hacking on prawns at night. Really good. If you want to chase and do something a bit different other than the striped marlin, especially when they just shut down on the inside of the shelf a bit, push over the edge, big blues as well. And Port Stephens is, is, is going pretty well for big blues at the moment. South Australia. South Australia. Yep, one, two fishing charters. We spoke around them a few weeks ago, but they're once again in and amongst the tuna, getting their bag limits to their captures pretty much every single week. Tumby Bay, beautiful player, part of the world. Whiting are going great offshore fishing around the islands there. And if you're land-based traveling through, the jetty, some really good squid fishing. Queensland, 
completely flooded out. We won't go into Queensland this week. We'll save that for next week. There's other more important things going on there at the moment. Uh, WA, big dolphin fish off the fads, Pat. Like, big dolphin fish, big bulls. Some smaller ones as well, but some really, really quality fish. Fishing out of Perth on jazz fishing charters, the kingfish, up to 15 kilos. Really and good models, Redman. Literally big fish, as well as some good snapper on that on the charter boat there. So give jazz fishing charters a call if you want to get amongst that. Tasmania, the Craigburn has been producing some really, really good rainbows. And bottom fishing outside of Anson's Bay Bar has been flooded. The best eating fish in the sea, if you ask me. Not a massive and there's a, there's a good catch in Hobart as well, Redmond. I think it's 27,000 seats and $750 million worth. Oh, those were, you actually you knew something was going on, didn't you, about this thing with Super Bowl a few weeks ago? I reckon we're going to. I reckon we're moving Very to show, cheeky, I, reckon, I reckon you knew this was coming and you didn't announce it on Real Adventures a few weeks Surf, ago. Surf, fishing. You, you, Tassie, one of the few places you can go and catch a – a, a rainbow trout or a brown trout and then go fish offshore and catch it. Well, you you go to Tasmania. I'm going to Exmouth because I like warmth and Tassie's freezing. So <laughs> anyway, that's the whip around for the week, Pat. So uh, it's been, like I said, marlin fishing up here. If you do want to get amongst that southeast coast, New South Wales, it's fantastic fun up here. Don't forget, always wear a life jacket. Don't risk your life. It is the one thing that can save you if your boat does end up over Redmond, there's plenty of different styles of life jackets suitable for any water sport activities for any age. A simple search of lifejacketwearit.com.au will help you find an appropriate life jacket for anyone. Whether you're racing offshore, the Blue Water Classic like Redmond is at the moment, chasing big billfish off Bermagui, or you're heading out of your mate's tinny for a day's fishing, lifejacketwearit.com.au for information on your life jackets and what's appropriate for your style of fishing or boating. It's now time for the social club. We don't have too many because we're pushing it. We've got a few guests coming our way this morning, Redmond, uh, but make sure you're joining the conversation. Send in your questions to our socials, our Real Adventures socials on Instagram, Facebook, or better yet, download our Real Adventures app to fire us away. Redmond, what have you got for us? From Sam, hey boys, what's the best way to drop anchor on the whiting? It's a good question, Patrick. It's uh, something that I see people regularly. Doing. We we what? talk about this often. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's it's not hard, but it's about doing things right. Now, if I'm, you don't. People will often say, "Oh, you got to sneak up on the whiting and make sure you don't drive over where you're fishing or whatnot." I literally drive up to where I'm fishing, try and find the sand hole, get up ahead of it, say by 25 meters. Fall back 10 metres, roughly, and have the sand holes here casting 10 metres behind the boat. If that the maths work out there, that's pretty much what you've got to do. So you want to get the sand hole right behind the boat so you're casting into it. But actually, specifically about dropping the anchor, you don't need to drive up to it and all of a sudden put your boat in 100-mile-an-hour reverse and, and throw your boat backwards and blow the whiting actually out of the water and catch them with a net. You don't actually have to do that. Just Drive up to it, tap reverse just once so you get the momentum going backwards. Naturally, especially in tidal water, you're naturally going to drift back with that tidal movement and that will be enough. If you start reversing and doing all that nonsense, you're actually going to affect the fishing behind you because if you start revving the engine and you're in four or five metres of water, and you it's just not going to do you any favours. So it's about positioning your boat right in front of the sand hole, tap reverse, fall back nicely, and you'll get yourself uh, some, some good whiting. Next question is from Gav. G'day, boys. How often do you take your reels to be serviced by professionals or do you do it yourselves? 
Yeah, I, I can't answer that one. Don't, don't, that's uh, I don't think I've ever had a real service. Gav, I have had a real service. <laughs> and for me, it's probably every few years. And it, it's simply for the fact that I don't, I've got plenty of rods, but I don't always use them. And that probably is a bit counterintuitive to how you should actually use your gear more often because then you'll have less sort of corrosion buildup, salt buildup, because you, you're constantly spinning the gearing. If it just sits in your shed for 12 months, then you can you can bet on that it will lock up at some point. Now, you can service them yourself to an extent, and whether that's a little bit of greasing or it's WD-40, but when you're dealing with cells and anything worth sort of 500 and above, then I think it's worth sending it in to the, to the professional, send it into Shimano, they'll do it properly, um, they'll test it out and they'll send it back. And it's something that if you're going to spend a 1000 bucks on a reel, you want it to last a lifetime. Can, can I give an early reds tip, please? Just a quick one. Go. Don't wash your reels. It washes the luck off them. <laughs> Do not listen. Blood stains in it. Those pilly scales, those the every or the tuna blood. It's, it's luck, Pat. That's why I don't wash my boat either. <laughs> and that's why we're wrapping up this segment. That is the social club. We take your questions from social media each and every week. Make sure you send them into our Real Adventures socials, and we'll do our best to get to each and every one of your questions. You're listening to Real Adventures. Gearing up for Dometic, Dometic Patrol, an icebox with a sense of adventure. Everything you need for adventures, big or small. Mobile living made easy. Dometic. It's time for gearing up for Dometic. Enjoy the great outdoors with all the comforts of home with Dometic. Our special guest this morning is the host of Fishing Edge, Lee Rayner. Good morning, Leroy. Morning, boys. How are you going? We're going well. Not quite as, as good as you because you've been on the water and we're, we're keen this morning to talk about your new toy. It's a highly modified Stacer 481 Crossfire. Talk us through it because it looks unbelievably beautiful. Hey, well, just yeah, quick, I'm, pre- please. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm actually surprised this thing floats with the amount of stuff on it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to pull you up, Lee. This is a, this is a pretty well equipped boat. Let's let's be honest. Yeah, it is. It is, and look, it's it's my second boat because I've got the big boat. We love our big boats, guys. But the reality yes. is, the small boat means you fish more because it's easier and you're not dictated by weather. If it's blowing twenty knots, thirty knots, I can just go trout fishing now or do whatever. So, um, but but on the weight thing, Aaron, when I got, I'm like, that's cool. I'll just wheel it down the driveway and I'll be able to push it around and shove it next to the big <laughs> boat. Um, <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. It doesn't. <laughs> It doesn't push around that easily because it's got a lot of stuff in it. And I've gone dual axle because this boat's doing a lot of miles and I, it just tows better with a dual axle. So then they don't, they're not as easy to push around. Let's put it that, that way. Oh, I was keen to ask you about that because on your, on your socials on Instagram, um, you were talking about the reason you went for the dual axle trailer because it's, whilst it's not a, a huge boat, it's not a small boat either. It's that middle range sort of 16 yep. foot. Talk us through that reasoning and why it is easier to trail up with the dual axles. Well, it just it just balances out better. You, it tows better down bumpy roads and all that. But the other one, Pat, is, as you know, we often go fishing at stupid hours, especially if your name's Aaron. But, you know, you quite often on a back road or you're heading up the coast at some dumb hour, if something goes wrong, if I blow a tyre or I do a bearing, I can literally strap it up, take that wheel off, strap it up, and keep going till I can pull over or get to the next town. 
and fix it properly. So it gives you that added benefit as well. Um, but but for towing, it's unbelievable. The other thing that you've you've got on it, and I'm very envious of because I got it wrong with my with my small stabby craft with the weight distribution for um, electric trolling motors. We put ours far too uh, far up the boat, and it it really meant that unless I'm fishing in um, you know closed waterways, it's impossible to use. But the the lithium batteries that you're rolling or battery that you're rolling with yep. this eighty pound motor guide combined with the charger talk us through the technology behind that because in the last five years the last two years the 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 technology improvements for electric trolling motors have been substantial oh it's it's ridiculous and i can't believe it myself so i've gone to a lithium battery as you said the bonus is straight away it's a 24 volt battery so i've got one battery instead of two the battery yep. weighs 23 kilos. So it was Instead of about 30 each. I reckon I had 30 <laughs> each. <laughs> yep, <laughs> unbelievable. Exactly. Yep. It's a 100-amp-hour battery, right? So I've fished for five days chasing flathead through Gippsland, and I used 48% of the battery. So you get more life out of your battery. You've saved on weight. You can flatten them to dead flat a 1,000 times, and it doesn't wreck the battery. And then best of all, Pat, when I put it on charge, from 48% to full was three hours. The other thing that, that the motor guide has with your Simrad uh, sounders is that they all talk to each other. So yep. everything interlinks. You can spot lock. Uh, it, it, it's phenomenal technology when everything talks to each other. You oh, it's crazy. crazy. It's crazy, and I've actually been working out more of the finer details of what you can do with it. Like, you can plot trails and save trails on the electric. So if I, say, work a bank for Flathead and I've gone, that was a really good drift, or if I was doing whatever, I can save that trail, and then the electric will go back and run exactly the same trail. And I'm not changing depths. I'm on the same line. You're not running an anchor on that boat, are you? Yeah, I've got a I've got a Lone Star anchor on the front, like full drum winch, which we mounted under the deck. You can't even see it comes out through a horse pipe. And and yes, you do still use your anchor, but with this big electric and the right battery, a lot of the time now, mate, I'm not anchoring. And when you use the GPS feature on your electric, the boat doesn't yaw and the nose of the boat doesn't move out of about a meter square area. So you you get all these benefits to it as well. So it's it's a real game changer. Well, that was going to be my question to you was your gen like asking about your anchoring situation. Now, Pat and I often discuss, do we put a, 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 a motor guide or whatever, uh, electric motor on the front of our yep. boat? And I think it's something I'm definitely going to look at. Now, sword fishing, Lee, how many more fish do you reckon it would help you catch when you're trying to sit on a spot for a sword fish instead of having to back up, having one of these go- uh, motor oh, guides on the front? It, it would be unfathomable. And the other one is, too, you get these weird drifts off Gippsland. Like one one drift you might go north to south, you go back to do the same drift again, and you'll go east to west. Whereas on the electric, I can just slowly drag the boat where I want it to go a lot easier than with a big, boat, a big motor. Now, the other the- thing that you're rolling, Lee, you're rolling twin 12-inch Simrads. I want you to talk us through active target. Yep. It's it, that that is it changes your fishing because you spend your whole day looking at a screen instead of looking at where you're going. <laughs> and I have my mum. Are we supposed to have less nearly, screen time? Isn't it <laughs> life are, about less are. screen time now? We are. I may have nearly crashed into a couple of kayakers in Patterson River when I first got it because I was watching my screen. But 
it's like, do you know the best way to describe it? It's like looking at an ultrasound. That yep. is the best way to, it's a live picture of what's happening. I can watch a three-inch plastic coming back through the water and see the fish chasing it and then turning away. It's it's unbelievable. I was using it on squid the other day and I'm, I could see my jig coming and then there's these five white spots coming along. And I'm like, I reckon they're squid. And then you see one literally shoot forward and then I'm like, oh, I'm on. And then you see this white spot pulsing backwards. It's just, it's live like an ultrasound. That That is the best way to describe it. Coming back to anchoring, one of the things that you've done, I said off the top of the interview that this is a highly modified <laughs> Crossfire 481. <laughs> now, now, you've totally reinforced your anchor well. Reasoning yep. behind that, because the your socials on Instagram, Lee Rayner Fishing, uh, there's some cracking videos on there talking through and walking through the whole boat and yep. you've got one around the, the anchor well and how reinforced it is. And safe to say, it, um, I feel like the boat could pretty much tow anything from the anchor well. Oh, it could, mate. And the reality is the reason I had to get it reinforced is because the anchor winch is so powerful. And, and for a winch that size on a boat that size, when it takes off, it jolts the boat. If you just punch the button, it jolts the boat that hard because it's got that much torque. So we reinforced basically that bulkhead so that we didn't pull the winch through the front of the boat, I suppose, if, if everything locked up. So um, it, it's it's just it pulls the anchor up so fast. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's so good. Take us through the thing at the back of the boat that does, yeah, does yes. that, the driving part. What have you got on the back, Lee? <laughs> the driving part? You mean yeah, the, the ponies the on the back? The places <laughs> allows you okay, to so, the important bit. Okay, so I put a 90 CT Merc on it. So the CT being command thrust. And, and what that is, it's a bigger gearbox, so you can spin a bigger prop, which gives the boat more torque better yep. lift all that sort of stuff i'm not about top end speed i'm about being able to get where i want to go efficiently you know with weight in the boat all that sort of stuff and that motor does that on average it's running about 2.2 kilometers per liter at the moment so um and that will get better as the motor runs in too so it's it's really nice not having to refuel every day i'm really enjoying that part of it so that's um, because you're using electricity half the time of your day exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the other one the other one too guys which i did and i get a lot of questions about it most of those boats when you see them they're a side console right and everyone's like why'd you go side and i go or why'd you go center console which is what i did Main factor being you you centre your weight in the boat, right? Yeah. So yeah. if if I'm on my own, the weight is in the centre and the boat rides so much better. If I've got two of us in the boat and you've got a big heavy lump like Aaron in the boat, right? If we've got the weather Aaron's head, up, like, Lee. Aaron's head, yeah. yeah rest um, it's like of me it's like a windbreak. Um, but <laughs> if, if we're traveling and the boat's not running quite right, you get the person to step to the other side. So many guys go, oh, yeah, but I've got a side console, so I've got the whole side free to move up and down. And I go, yeah, well, I've got two sides free to move up and down. So it just works better. It really does. Now, is that a Lee Rainer special or is that available to anyone when it comes to putting their order in for a stay? So how, how do you go about the ordering process behind building a boat like this? It's a Lee Rainer special, but it's it's available to everybody. It certainly is available to everyone. I do twin live wells in the back. They come standard with one. I did the big live well in the front for all your other stuff. 
all that is a standard thing if you want to do it you go into the you get your dealer to you know the boys at melbourne marine to to go right you want center console and they they put it all into the system and that's how it gets built it's actually quite simple i'm yeah. surprised that you actually didn't have to run a 180 horsepower on that thing because <laughs> <laughs> with the amount of stuff you have on that and that, that that's the thing is you can cater to what you actually need for your own fishing it's not necessarily yep. just like going out and going flathead fishing you could take that you could happily take that offshore uh chasing well, them in the right conditions 100 percent. i'd love to take it out and catch a sortie out of it this season if the weather allows me um but classic example one of the first trips i did in it we went down the prom chasing kings white rock seal island all that and we went everywhere the water was no good we did right we fished it till sort of lunchtime the boys had had enough so we raced back in we ripped the kingy gear out of the boat we chucked some estuary rods and plastics in the boat and then we spent the afternoon spinning for flathead and estuary perch so mm. if we we're in the big boat it would have been well this is crap let's pack can't it can't do it home. yep yep so yep. It, we did 120 k's that day in that boat and we did it easily and we yeah we tried for kings did no good and caught flathead and estuary perch i'll take that any day now i'm not going to ask what you've spent on the boat because i'd just be rude to ask what you spent <laughs> Tell <what>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but seriously, uh, Stacer can be an entry-level boat to anyone that wants to go yep. out there and buy their first small four-metre four boat, or they can do what you've done and complicate things, let's be honest, complicate things mm -hmm. and put everything on it. So as a standard entry level, what are we going to buy that Crossfire for as the hull standard, say, from Melbourne Marine, roughly? You'd, you'd probably be looking around the 35 to 40 grand, to get you on the yeah. water maybe a bit more but yeah it's you know i've gone the bigger motor and there's so many you know there's there's so much wiring in that boat i could not believe when the boys were fitting it up but as a, as a standard boat and as a standard boat they're unbelievable you're probably yeah probably more around that 40 mark i think the beauty is as well lee you can add things onto it as as time goes by you can add that second simrad screen you can add 100%. the mo guide you know you can you can trick it out over time if you don't want that initial you know high upfront yep. cost Yep, and you certainly can, and it's even worth, you know, I say to guys, if they're, they're thinking about doing that later, get the boys to run the appropriate wiring or bits and pieces while they're doing the initial fit-up because then when it comes time, it makes it much easier because then the stuff's there and they just basically do the final bits rather than having to rip everything up and, and start fresh. So, um, yeah, it's, they're just a great starter package as a, as a standard package, but you can do so much with it. Lee Rayner, host of Fishing Edge. For more information from Fishing Edge or on Fishing Edge, rather, head to www.fishingedge.com.au. Leroy, thanks for your time this morning on Real Adventures. Thanks for having me, boys. I'll speak to you soon. Red's Review for Club Marine, Australia's leading provider of boat insurance. It's now time for Red's Review for Club Marine, and you've been fishing and gallivanting up and down the Bermagui coastline in a Northbank 750 powered by twin 200 horsepower Mercury outboards. Redmond, your review for the week, what you've learned about running twins and whether it's something that you would pursue in your boating uh, library once you upgrade from your 600 Northbank. What do you mean once? I have. <laughs> it's uh, this seven fifty is a beautiful boat. The two two hundred Mercs on the back is that much. They have that much go. Like they, they, they seriously are. They've done. Melbourne Marine have put together a really good boat with the team at Mercury, obviously, to get the props right. 
So it was a lot of work to get your boat right, to tell you the truth, and with especially with the Optimus steering and everything like that that's gone actually into it. So they've spent a lot of time, and that time, and we spoke about it last week, about propping your boat, getting it done right, is very important for you. And this comes back to the economy that I'm going to give you. So just a couple of numbers. We did a half day the other day, and we did 46 kilometres on the water. This is with the Merck engines, 46 kilometres, and we used 73.9 litres. So we're using an average of 0.62 kilometres to a litre. So sorry, we're going average of 6.2 kilometres to a to, uh, to a litre of fuel. So that's pretty. Yeah. Good. So a full day we did out of Burmy, we used 61 kilometres. Uh, we did 61 kilometres. We used 94 litres, and it was pretty much exactly the same as well. Now that's just cruising, not flogging the boat hard. I'm not sitting at 90 kilometres an hour. That's just your average speed. Now I, I, would, I actually tried to get a gauge during the week of. Uh, your average fuel that I was burning when I was traveling, it, it's impossible. You're on and off the throttle so much, Pat. It's, I, I can't get yeah, it. I, yeah. I, I, wanted, I wanted to, and I could say to you right now that when I was sitting at, say, 60 kilometers an hour cruising, I was using maybe the burn might have been 74 liters an hour. Uh, but like, it's, you can't, you can't put it on. We're, we're having break. If we're traveling, we did a couple of big days where we traveled 60 kilometers. We traveled from Permian all the way to Eden, and we, we, we stopped maybe two times, like the boys. Dad go to the toilet or actually Robbie levitated off the seat at one stage. Don't actually know how levitated come across, took Sam Goodwin out. No one else moved on the boat. We don't know what actually happened, but it's uh, that we, we obviously had to have a break after that for the half an hour. It took Robbie to get up off the floor. So there's a few break, a few, a few breaks along the way. So it's hard to give you an exact example of traveling, but to average it out, that, that is the average there that we're using that I've just given you. Now, I 350 litre tank. I said to you straight up, that's not. I wasn't. I was like, no, nah, you should have done 400 or 450. That's well and truly enough. Like it's you, unless you don't have a yeah. station in distance, it might be a bit of a pain. But we did a day off Burmy, and then we went to Eden the next day without fueling up and come back. And I worked it out. We come back. We had 45 litres spare in the in the uh, in the in the tank, which is getting a bit probably close. But that was. I did all the maths in my head. Uh, Actually, I wrote it down because my head doesn't work real well a lot of time. So we wrote it down and did the math and we worked it out to the that, – that's the good thing with the smart gauge, Pat, is you can actually work out to the kilometre with off the days that we had done. We could work out exactly where we needed to be, so, uh, where how much fuel we needed. And it was pretty much absolutely spot on. Like it was damn close. Now, just a review on the boat in itself, uh, of just an honest – in all honest review, this is not a, a, a wank factor, we'll call it. It's not – It's not. It, this is not seriously blowing North Bank's tyres. Like this – the boat is amazing. It is honestly an amazing boat. There's a few things that I think that uh, I could talk. We could talk to Rob and change a few things. I reckon we need a wiper in the middle of the boat, Pat. Straight up wiper yep. in, the middle, in the, uh, the middle of the boat uh, on the middle windscreen because there's separate windscreens there, which is a pain. You can't it, uh, you get water on it even with Rainex. It doesn't quite get enough water off. There's things like the dive doors throwing a fair bit of water in the boat. It really is. Uh, I don't know how to stop that because I know all dive doors do do that. Some worse than others. Yeah. This was, so I'm not sure what the go is there, but like it's it's going to be hard to fix. It's not it's not a it's, it's a dive door. But having you need to have a dive door on a boat, especially of your size. It's almost a necessary evil, isn't it? Like you're going to get water in, and yep. that's why you have uh, the bilge set up the way that you do because it's just worth it still. 100%. And there's a couple of things, like I think I said to you, a couple of screws I fell out of the seats where you put Loctite on them. That's the least of your worries, things like that. But as a safety aspect and the boat itself, it doesn't broach. It doesn't throw you sideways. 
you could literally put your dog in the seat in the seat out there and it would nearly drive itself. Like I was running autopilot out there, sitting at 60, 70 kilometers an hour at times, like just cruising and the boat's not thrown sideways other than Robbie getting flown off the seat, which not sure how that happened. We, uh, we, and, and you've uh, driven just about every trailer boat there is. Oh yeah, and I'm not, and I'm not being an idiot here. Like, I, like if I didn't like the boat, I'd, I'd tell you straight up. It's, it's. I would, I don't, I would, I wouldn't be travelling with the boys out there doing what we're doing if the boat was unsafe. This seriously is an absolute weapon of a boat. The hardtop is designed perfect. Uh, Gibbsy spent the whole time with a sleeping bag, uh, with a uh, with a beanbag on the roof of the hardtop, so the hardtop hasn't broke, and that that's saying something. So it's it's. He's a big boy, old Gibber. It's uh, but no, it's it, it, the the whole design that's gone into it. Being able to see through the windows, we saw a couple of boats out there that didn't have sliding windows. And I'm thinking, man, you must be hot, or you can't hot. see the yep. when you're on the fish. Everything that's gone into these boats, uh, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm going to give Rob a call, and hopefully those little tweaks that you and I can help with, and as well as other anglers around like Al McGlashan, who are really testing these boats out. The good thing is with North Bank, is they're actually willing to work with us to fix these things, uh, little things which you as good as the boat is that the, the designer there's always going to be little tweaks at everything you can make no matter what it is and and the, the, they're really going to listen to us and like i said it's not much it's only a matter of a, a wiper and a, a dive door at the moment so and i've just put it to the test so I've that really, meter makes a big difference from you know uh, six meters odd to, with yours to seven and a half like this is the maxi size trailer boat but it makes a big difference when you're on the water for long periods of time with that land cruiser with the boat i'm 17 meters long it's bloody long like it's long on the road, so I I don't think you need anything bigger than your boat I've, at all. I know you'll probably end up getting a nine meter if North Bank build it, but it's that's I think that's I seriously think that's about you don't want much bigger towing. That's on the borderline of getting. It, it's a big boat. That is seriously a big boat, but it's really 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 efficient on fuel. That was the main thing that I liked. Those Mercury engines. I I, I said to you, I want to put two fifties on it. I don't even, I don't even think you're allowed with the max horsepower, but. You've gone up 200, you're stuck with your guns, and I'll give you that. It doesn't need any more. It flies, and it uses near to no fuel. So the whole the whole kit to weld under North Bank, Melbourne Marine, and Mercury, the, getting this boat to what it is because it's an absolute weapon, safe, and, uh, yeah, if you can afford it, go buy 750 because I want one now. <laughs> That's Reg Review for Club Marine. And Club Marine actually have on their website reviews of North Bank's 750 in inboard configuration, twin outboard configuration, and also single outboard configuration. So Club Marine for more information. That was Reg's Review for Club Marine. Insure your boat or jet ski with Club Marine, Australia's leading provider of boat insurance. Check the PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for Red's Tip. Now, he's made a lot of the show about himself today, complaining about coffees. But what do you have for us, Redmond? I'm about to complain about the fuel prices because I can't get – don't go fishing when it's $2. That's the tip. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> don't go away. Stay home. No. The tip this week is when you are going away to a place like uh, Birmingham, and I said it at the start of the show, uh, the one factor to have and not necessarily organise you – you haven't got a group of mates with boats to, to organise a few boats to go fishing with. When you're at the pub, say good day to a few blokes or down the boat ramp, get a, get a few of you to work together uh, because if I look out to my left out there, it's a big bloody ocean. It is huge. <laughs> and our technology is with charts and satellites trying to work out these fish are and whatnot. Once again, that thing out there is bloody huge. You can only it, – it's its so big that you, it's so much water to cover to be able to find the right things. So if you work together as a team on these marlin especially, 
you're gonna you're just gonna catch more fish and have more fun and uh, we all we all have a joke, and you want to catch more fish than the bloke next to you. You always want to do that. That's just part of the nature that we are as fishermen. But if you can get the boys a couple of fish, like we have up here as well, we've had multiple people help us. We've helped multiple people. It's been it, it makes it a hell of a more fun when you're sitting there when everyone's got a video to show of that fish jumping out of the water, and everyone's worked together to get the reward to catch those fish. So try and work together as a team with the, with a group of boats, and you will catch more fish, Pat. Beautiful work, Redman. The flying gaff. Well, the, there's no such thing as a gaff this week. As we head to northern Queensland, we see some of the, the incredible footage of the floods and the human spirit that we've seen from many Australians, particularly through the Lismore region where you've got people with tinnies driving up and down main streets and doing their best to transport um, and in some cases rescue people that have been stranded on the top of buildings. It's great to see that human Aussie spirit, Redman, and fishing and boating taking a part in that in what has been a bloody difficult week for so many Australians in that northern region of Australia. So from everyone at Real Adventures that's been uh, that's been listening, um, you know, we've been watching from afar your efforts and that Aussie spirit that you've shown on little tinnies, um, whether it be, um, you know, saving people on rooftops, transporting beer. I saw that the other day, Redmond. I'm not sure they were taking it from a pub to another pub or it was just to – a few mates at home, but it's been incredible to see that Aussie spirit on display. And this has been us for Real Adventures. We'll see you next week. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.